Praise God and welcome to another Genesis One Christian Ministries podcast. And before we get into the word today, let's spend some time in praise and worship to our Heavenly Father and let him know that he is Lord to us as we listen to the song, Jesus Lord to Me by Alvin Slaughter. Praise God. Yes, Lord, you are our Lord, and we just praise your most magnificent name, Lord God. And we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you for all your wonderful blessings, both great and small. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to hear your word without fear of persecution, Lord. And I pray and ask, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts and spirits to be able to receive your word today and let, them get, let your words get deeply planted within our spirit. I pray, Lord, that only your words come forward today, Lord, for your glory and your honor and magnification, Lord, because only you are worthy to be glorified and magnified and lifted up, Lord. We praise you. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hear your word today. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. It's another beautiful day. Uh, Some nice sunshine and weather here, at least in the uh, Pacific Northwest and uh, we're enjoying enjoying this sunshine, and we thank God uh, for this uh, for this sunshine. We're going to hop right into Scripture here. Um, so, if you don't have your Bible, take a moment and go ahead and grab your Bible, uh, so you can see that the things that we're going to discuss today are going to be are always grounded in uh, in the Word of God. So, take a moment, grab your Bible, hit the pause button, and if you already have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter three. Romans chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 21. 
But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and who all, and on all who believe. For there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Underline that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Underline that as well. Whom God set forth as a proposed, a proposed, excuse me, a appropriation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I had you underline verses 23 and 24 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And what I want to talk about today is understanding that none of us are perfect human beings. Okay. As Christians, we make mistakes. We've all have done something to displease God. We've all have sinned. We've all done something to fall short of God's glory and or have done something to, uh, to, to, to upset him, either knowingly we've done it or we may not have done it um, unknowingly. Maybe it was something that we didn't realize that we did. Um, and, and so as we, as we pray and, and spend some time in, in prayer and listening, Holy Spirit may reveal some things to us and say, yeah, you need to repent of those things. So we're not perfect as Christians, but we have the ability to go before God in the name of Jesus and ask for uh, and ask for forgiveness. It's it's important to understand that as Christians currently right now we may have strayed away from God. And so today we're going to talk about the title of today's message is don't forget God. Don't forget God, because a lot of times we think that committing a sin, um, you know, you know, if we if we commit one, if we break one of the Ten Commandments, if you will, uh, that, that that is the only way that that we can that, that we can sin against God. And it's not the case if we if we're practicing unbelief, the Bible talks about having belief and having faith. Practice and unbelief is a way that we could uh, that, that we could be sinning against God or could open up the door uh, for sin to enter our enter our lives. Being disobedient to God, OK, is sinning towards God and also can can open up the door for for the devil to come in there and wreak all sorts uh, and wreak all sorts of havoc, havoc in our lives. We make the choice on whether or not we choose to turn away from God. God doesn't turn away from us. God doesn't leave us. He is always there and he's always waiting for us to call out to him, even if we turn away from him. Now, you may think, OK, well, you know, how could I have turned away from from, from God? Well, you know, we, we still have the 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 lockdown orders that are in place to some extent, variously all over the all over the country. And there are still many churches that. Uh, have not returned to full capacity or or still doing services online. And so a way that we could end up forgetting about God is is by us being used to attending church, a church service in a physical building. When we're not able to do that, a way that we can forget about God is that we 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 don't put in, let's say, a, a we don't make it a habit to listen to the message from our church on a routine basis on a Sunday or whatever day you normally go, go, go to church. And so we start to become lackadaisical in that. And so we may start off pretty good by listening into the same time every Sunday. And then what happens is if we start to forget about God and we start to drift away from him, that routine then starts to become, uh, I'll do it at some point on Sunday. And then it could extend to, okay, I'll do it some point during the week. And then next thing you know, you're not listening to the service at all. It could also be, and we've all have been there, it could also be in, in reading, reading the Bible. Maybe I read the Bible every single day, but then all of a sudden I start to get busy. Instead of me reading it every day, I'm reading it every few day, every other day. Or maybe I'm reading it twice a week. Maybe I'm only reading it once a week when I attend a church service. Okay, 
that's a way that we could end up forgetting about a, a way that we can end up forgetting about God. The further we stay away from him, the harder it becomes for us to turn back to him. OK, the further we stray away from him, the harder it is for us to turn to turn back to him, because the 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 habit of us going to God and spending some time with him and reading his word and studying his word and praying when that routine starts to get broken. And if we don't quickly get back to that routine and make that a part of our daily walk, then it makes it much harder to get back to that. OK, prime example, how many times during uh, the, the end of the year, you know, New Year's Eve, going into New Year's Day, how many people will make New Year's resolutions around losing weight or quitting smoking or stop doing this, giving something up in the new year? And then the first week into the new year, they don't give it up. They may do good on the first week, but then after that, they start to slowly go back and drift back to those to those bad behaviors or to whatever it was that they were going to give up. And then all of a sudden, in the end of that same year, they're making the same resolution over and over again. OK, and maybe it's not a New Year's resolution. Maybe you just have a desire to say, I'm, you know, I'm going to drop 15 pounds or whatever the case may be. I, I, I've got to lose weight. All right. First week, you're, 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 you're getting up, you're working out, you're eating right. The next week, you're doing pretty good with it. By the third week, you're like, eh, you know, it's OK, I'm going to do this. And then by the fourth week, you're just completely off your diet plan and, and, and off your plan. And how hard is it to then get back to that? We kick the, we, you, the can gets kicked down the road, if you will. But OK, I'll, I'll eat healthy tomorrow. I'll start working out tomorrow. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. Well, so it is with the things of God if we're not careful, if we forget about him. Some reasons why people turn from God is because God requires us and following God requires us to stay on the straight and narrow. Turn to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few different things here. We're going to look at reasons why people turn from God. And again, us as Christians, we are not somehow immune from Finding ourselves in a situation where we may have turned away from God. Okay, we're, we're, we're not perfect and, and those things happen. All right. Uh, we're also going to look at what happens when we turn away from him and then also then look at what happens when we come back to him. So Proverbs, Proverbs chapter four. Okay. We're looking at reasons why people turn from God and Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty one. Uh, don't want to start here. Well, let's, let's actually go back to verse 20. So Proverbs chapter four, verse 20, my son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from your, you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Underline all the verses 24, 21 there, excuse me, 21 through 24 there. OK, um, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for all for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. OK, so what we see here is 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 the importance of ensuring that we don't forget the words that God has taught us. We don't forget uh, the things that are in the Bible. We don't think that we don't forget all the things that we have learned about God. However, however long we've been, we've been walking with him, you know, whether, whether you're, you're new on your journey with God, or if you've been walking with him for as long as you can remember, it's important that we, 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 we don't forget those things. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. Notice there it says, keep your heart with all diligence. So what God is saying here is it's 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 active. This, this is an active thing to, to remember the words of God. This, this is why we, we, we study the word. This is why we, we attend church, you know, um, um, even if it is remotely right now uh, because of the virus. Uh, or, or if you do have the ability to go to a physical service, this is why we go to the to the to the physical service. OK, it's, this is why the Bible also talks about meditating on the word day and night, because it's it's something that's active that we have to do. I was talking earlier about, you know, if you've made a 
a plan to, to lose weight or get into better shape or, or do something different that you want to commit to, you, you have to actively engage in that each and every single day. So it just becomes a normal way of life. Following the word of God requires us to actively be engaged with God each and every single day and throughout the day to ensure that we don't forget what he is teaching us so that we don't lose sight of what of, of what he's trying to show us. OK, verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Underline that. Let let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Underline verses 26 and 27 as well. Okay. In verse 25 there, you see, let your eyes look straight ahead. In in the business world, okay, in in, in um in, in the workplace, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what's the vision of the of the company? What's the vision of this team? OK. And the whole purpose of having that vision is for all the staff of that organization and all the managers of the organization to have a laser focus on a direction and stay looking forward so that they don't become distracted. By any roadblocks that come up. OK. And so what the Bible is saying here is that we need to keep our eyes looking forward to God, staying focused on God at all times and not allowing ourselves to turn from the, to the left or to the right. Pondering the path of your feeding, letting your ways be established what, what, what the Bible is getting at here is, is we should be spending some time reflecting back. OK, reflecting and looking and wondering, OK, am I heading in the right direction? Am I doing what God is calling me to do? Because if not, I need to make a course correction. And we've all been there. You know, again, like I was saying earlier, none, none of us Christians are are, are uh, immune from that. that. That happens to all of us. But we should be spending some time looking at the directions that we're, that, that we're taking in life, the decisions that we're making in life, and looking at where we are to see, are we in alignment with God so that my feet and all my ways can be established and being established in God, not in the, not in the world. OK, not in the world. Verse 27, do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So if we're so again, if we're if we're looking at the, 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 the direction that we're going, if we're looking at how we're living our lives and if we're comparing our lifestyle to the lifestyle that Jesus lived and to the things that God outlines in his word, how we should behave, how we should be behaving as children of children of God, as his children. OK, then we'll be able to figure out whether or not we, our feet are something or on something evil, if you will, and that we need to or, or, and figure out whether or not are we turning to the left or, or to the right. When we make the decision to follow God, in essence, what happens is we enter into a contract with him and we enter into a contract to say that I'm going to become a new creation. When we slip and stumble, and we mess up, we make a mistake and we repent. Think of it this way. In essence, what we are doing is we're saying, God, we're sorry. I am sorry for breaking that contract with you. Please forgive me. Wash me of my sins. OK, cleanse me and make me as white as snow and help me to get back on back on track to get back on the path that you laid out before me. And so the reason why it's hard or the reason why people turn away from God OK, the reason why that happens is because when we are on this straight and narrow, sometimes old habits and old behaviors will pop up. OK, or old thoughts may pop up about how you used to be. Maybe you're a really patient person now, but before back in the day, you were the first one to, 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 to get into a fight. You're the first one to have some choice words for somebody. And then what ends up happening is you, is you get into a situation where you get up, uh, get upset with somebody and the devil will quickly flash into your mind. This is how you used to act. How dare you let so-and-so talk to you like that? He must not know who you are. He doesn't know where you came from. And if you're not careful, and you entertain that thought too much. That bad behavior starts to creep up again. 
Okay, that feeling at, at, at that time, uh, whatever it was that you were feeling at that time, maybe you were feeling like, oh, yeah, I felt real powerful back then when I was yelling at this individual and, and when I used some choice words with them. And, and you know what? Right now, the way this, this person is treating me, I don't feel as strong. You know what? I want that feeling back. And if you're not careful, you go right back into that bad behavior. And sometimes those things can be hard to shake because don't forget now. The devil's been around for a very long time. His demons have been around for a very long time. They know how we used to be before we became saved. Okay. Friends, our friends know how we used to be before we became saved. Okay. If you still talk to them. And so we just have to be careful that we don't allow those bad behaviors to, 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 to come back. The part of the, the whole reason we, we become baptized is not because baptism is, is, is connected to salvation because no, you, it's not a requirement to be baptized, uh, to, to be saved. But we do that because we're, we're outwardly displaying that we are, are putting away the old man and we are coming up as a new creature in Christ. And that is hard for people to do. That's hard for all of us to do. Think about your, 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 your spiritual, your spiritual walk to where you are now and to where you were. Okay. You know, you would that, that first feeling of becoming saved, you know, you're, you're flying high on, on, on cloud nine, if you will. All right. And then as things start to, as battles start to take place and as you, as you find yourself in some spiritual battles there, uh, some, that, that cloud nine feeling starts to disappear. You don't feel like you're riding high anymore because now the devil, you become a threat to the devil and now he's starting to attack you. Okay. And that attack simply could be, remember when you used to go out partying all night, Saturday night, and you used to rest on Sundays? Now you can't do that. You can't do that anymore. You actually got to get up. You're getting up and you're, you're going to church or you're reading the Bible. Imagine how much better your life would be if you just went to sleep and slept in till 10 or 11 o'clock on Sunday. OK, that's what the devil will do. He will bring up he'll bring up those past uh, those things that you used to do. You used to do in the past. And so it's hard for us to stay on the straight and narrow. And, it's, and that also will then lead us away from God. And that's how we end up starting to forget about him. We remember what life was like. Without him. And for some reason, if we let and, and if we let the devil play with our minds, he will have us believing that life without God is better than life with God. OK. Other reasons why we forget about God or we, we, we turn away from him. OK. Is because and I, and I t- talked about this a little bit is that as we start to learn about God, we start to learn more and more about the things that we need to change. And early on, it might be easy to change some things about us. But as we start walking deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with him, we start to see more and more and more and more things that we need to change. And some of those things are hard. Some of those things that are, are, are things we wrestle with and they may be hard to give up. OK. Maybe there's a particular type of music that you like to listen to. And as you as you start to walk with God, you start to realize that my, my taste in music needs to change. Maybe maybe there was a song that you didn't realize what the lyrics to the song actually meant. And then when God reveals that to you. And he said, hey, this is what that song means. And I'm showing this to you. OK, you, you got to make a change. All right. It, it becomes hard for us to say, oh, man, but I love that song. You know, I, that, that's an oldie but a goodie, you know, so to speak. So that, that's a all time one of my all time favorite songs. I can't I, I can't listen to this anymore because this is what the lyrics mean. OK, or maybe an event I used to go to, you know, uh, um, a, a big one uh, uh, that I that I've heard uh, from talking with Christians is 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 the idea of of. Not going to social gatherings where there's a lot of alcohol and booze involved. Okay. And that's a struggle for, 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 for a lot of Christians. Uh, be, be, because, you know, as Christians, we feel like we can go into any situation. We should be prepared to go into any situation to talk to somebody about God. Right. We feel like it, it's almost our duty to try to save the world. And we forget that it's, it's, it's Holy Spirit that does the save, the saving. 
We just bring forth the message and it's up to that individual to receive that message and, and either start start thinking about it and and, 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 and think about talking to God or, or, or going to church or reading the Bible. We can't force anybody to do that and we should never try to do that. It's Holy Spirit that then will pull and tug at that person and say, come talk to me, come talk to me. And then that person has to make a choice to listen. And so when we have that, when we when we think like that, we, we, we often um, if we're not careful, we can often allow ourselves to tell us that it is OK to go into that establishment because in there people need to be saved. And as a child of God, I can save these individuals or I can save somebody in there. So I'm going to go into that establishment. God might not be calling you to do that. God might not be calling you to do that. And so it, 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 it becomes difficult then for us to say, I'm not going to go in there. I'm not going to go to these type of events. Okay, the Bible says uh, abstain from the appearance of all evil. That's a that's a tricky one, too, for us as Christians, because we forget that often. Okay? A lot of times we forget that we, we don't think, well, what, what is it like if I walk into this particular place? What is it like? It, what, what would people think of me if I go and see this type of movie or if I laugh at that particular joke or if I do this or I do that? And we don't stop to think, OK. If I'm supposed to be a Christian, what am I doing to set myself set myself apart from the rest of the world so that if somebody looks at me, that they they, they become drawn not to me but that they become drawn to god that i'm i'm i am behaving the way that god would want me to behave so that when they see this they can look at look at when they see me they can look at me and say i don't know why that person is so happy and joyful and stuff doesn't seem to bother them i i want to learn more about that i want to learn more about that okay? and those are things that we just need to keep in mind to make sure that we're staying we stay on the straight and narrow Another reason why people turn from God is because we may lose lifelong friends. Okay? We might lose lifelong friends. Remember, I was talking earlier about how the devil will plant in your mind something that you've done in the past, how you used to be. Well, the devil may also plant in your mind an experience that you had with a friend at the time before you became saved. Like, oh, yeah, remember, you guys had a great old time doing that. You, you should do that. You should do that. And again, we're not immune. None, none of us Christians are immune to that. I've had occasions where the devil will play in my mind. Oh, yeah. Remember when you used to hang out with so-and-so and you would do this and do that? Man, those are some good times. Don't you wish you can go back to that? And I have to quickly check myself and remind myself that God brought me out of Egypt. And I wasn't going to be like the Israelites wishing I could go back because things might be challenging right now. And I had to rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus. And I had to remind Satan. Okay, I had to remind him that as a child of God, I am not going to turn away from the path that he has laid out before me. I am not going to go back to those old ways. And I have to remind Satan that the reason why you're coming to me and trying to attack me is because you know who I am in Christ. You know that I'm a threat to you because I have the, the name of Jesus to rebuke you. And then I rebuke him. When the devil starts planting those thoughts in your, in, in your mind, it's time to hit him back. Remind him who you are in Christ. Okay. If you resist the devil, he will flee. So there we just looked at some reasons why people turn from God, including us as Christians. All right. We might lose some friends. It might be hard to give up old behaviors and old habits that we have if we, as we learn uh, as we learn about God. And it's hard to stay on that straight and narrow. But what happens when we actually walk away from him? What happens if we do end up forgetting about God? Well, let's take a look what the word of God has to say about that. Let's go to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three, we're going to start in verse six. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And this is a familiar scripture, but this is a great example of some of the many things that could happen to us if we turn away from God. Now, mind you, all right, at this point in time, uh, Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord, right? They were walking with God, right? And God gave them specific instructions on what type of fruit what they can eat inside the garden. And here we have uh, Satan coming around and tempting him. Uh, let's see. You know, let's back up. Let's go ahead and start at verse uh, verse one, actually. So Genesis three, verse one. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the tree, uh, may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said on the line, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor you or nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. I want you to underline that you will not surely die. And then your margin somewhere, right? Lie. OK, right lie, because here we see Satan is telling her uh, a flat out, a flat out lie. Um, and matter of fact, let's back up to verse one and where it says, has God indeed said uh, you, um, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Underline that in your in your margin. Write the word doubt, because Satan just started Eve, started planting some doubt with Eve. And then Satan told her a lie. Now, let's look at verse five. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Underline all of verse five. OK. Because we see another lie there. Verse six. So when the woman saw underline saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, underline pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise underline to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to a husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together, fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And, there, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Underline all of verse eight. Because when we walk away from God, when we forget him. We open the door for allowing us, allowing ourselves to become deceived. Okay. We forget about God. We forget about what he said to us, what he's told us, what he's instructed us, what he has taught us. We forget about how he has brought us through various situations in our lives and got us to where we are today. That door opens up for us to be able to be deceived. And if you notice what Satan did here, okay. Satan first questioned what God had said, and he questioned Eve directly. Is this what God really said to you? Did he say this? And when she confirmed that, yeah, he said this, then what did he say? Then he just told her a flat out lie. You see, it all starts with that doubt. Okay, it all starts with the doubt. The reason why non-believers have a hard time understanding that God exists is because it's all there is too much doubt and wondering because if we're real about this, we know that the Bible and I want to be careful how I say this. The Bible doesn't give us answers to every single question that we have. OK, being a Christian is about faith. It's about believing in Jesus Christ. None of us has ever seen Jesus Christ, but we believe that he exists. And the reason why people have have a struggle with God is because they ask, how do you how can you believe in something that you have never seen? Something like like like, like we see in Genesis here. How can you how can you believe in something that you cannot sense with one of your senses? OK. 
Eve saw that the food, that the fruit was good. Okay? One of the senses. And so unbelievers think about only the things that appeal to the physical senses. Okay? And so I believe in air, <laughs> even though I can't see the air, but I can feel the air when the wind blows. Okay? Touch. That's one of my physical senses. So I can believe that air exists. I can feel gravity because that's why I can't fly. No, okay, you know, albeit in, in an airplane you can, but I can't fly because I can feel the pull of gravity keeping me to this earth. Okay? So, so there's, there are things that make the unbeliever doubt the existence of God. And we as Christians, we're not, we are not immune from having doubt cast in our lives. Think back to a time when you were going through a particularly challenging event and you were wondering whether or not you were going to make it through it. Whether or not you were going to be successful, whether or not you were going to be victorious. That's doubt. Okay. And last week we, we, we looked at how uh, the angel went to Daniel and told Daniel that the prince of Persia withstood him 21 days before he could come and bring, bring the answer to him. So when we have some of these longer trials and tribulations that are going on, if we are not careful and we let the devil continue to plant doubt in our minds, we can easily forget that God has already sent the answer, but it has not come to us just yet. And then we think, well, all hope is lost. Why bother? I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing before, because you know something, when I was saved, life, when I wasn't saved, life wasn't this hard. Life was so much easier, was so much simpler. Now that I'm following God, things would be so much more troubling and so much more challenging. I don't even see what the point is. So I'm going to go back to the way I used to be. So we end up turning our backs on God. Um, verse eight. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God said to call to Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your, vo your voice in the garden and I was afraid, underline afraid, because I, because I was naked and I hid myself. So two other things that we see here happening when we turn our backs from God, right? One, we said doubt, okay? Doubt can be planted in, into our minds. We open ourselves up for, for, for all sorts of attack, okay? Then fear, okay? We can start to become afraid. We become afraid of situations that we might be in if we're in the middle of a, a, a of a challenge. OK, or if we're unsure. Of what's going to happen, what the future is going to hold. I'm a working parent. And I'm afraid of how I'm going to manage things if my kids cannot physically attend school in the fall. How am I going to go to work and make a living? How am I going to ensure that my child gets an education? Okay. Now, you may think, well, wait a second, though. I haven't turned away from God and I might have some of those concerns. Okay. But remember what I said earlier about turning away from God. Turning away from God can simply be not having faith. That's turning away from God. Turning away from God doesn't mean that all of a sudden you did this complete 180 and you are so lost that 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 that, that, that there's no hope for you. OK, turning away from God. Un, um, not having faith, disobedience. OK, not following uh, uh, the path that he's laid out for you, which also would be would, would also be disobedience. OK. And so we see in verse 10, he was afraid. When we walk away from God, we also start to feel ashamed. OK, we start to feel some shame and we're going to we're going to jump into that um, and jump into that just a little bit. And in verse 11 here, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Verse 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So you start to see there that they're, both Adam and Eve here are feeling shame because they know that they did something that God told them not to do. 
And so instead of uh, of owning it, if you will, what did he do? He went and blamed her. Well, wait a second. She gave it to me. And then what did she do? Wait a second. The serpent deceived me. He gave it to me. And so what happens is when we turn away from God and we forget about him, we start to make excuses about why certain things are happening to us. And we're pointing the finger at everyone else. I made the mistake, but it's not my fault I made the mistake. It's somebody else's fault that they made the mistake. Okay? Because I'm, 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 ashamed, I'm ashamed that I messed up. I'm ashamed that I messed up. So when we turn away from God and sin starts to happen, sin starts to expose us. Okay? It starts to expose us. We start to, 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 to feel like, um, um, oh, man, I'm out there by myself and I really messed up and everybody's looking at me and everybody knows that I messed up. Everybody knows that I've messed up. Okay? I've spoken to Christians that have stopped going to church. Flat out just stopped going to church. Because they heard an incorrect word from a pastor. And they thought the pastor was talking specifically to them about something that they had done. And they had assumed that everybody in the congregation knew that the pastor was talking about them, even though the pastor wasn't talking about them. And, yeah, the pastor didn't get the word right. OK, was wrong, was wrong about what scripture said. And then they just stopped going to church altogether. And I'm not talking about they stopped going to a particular church, but they stopped going to any church. Because they felt as though. Oh, man, the, the mistakes that I made in my life, everybody knows about it. And I don't want to be in a situation where I walk into a church and everybody's looking at me because they know that I messed up. That's what happens. That's what happens if we turn away from God. Right? Satan can plant that, 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 that guilt and shame into you. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And let's uh, go to verse 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Underline all of verse 13. Okay. So along with this shame that we feel when we turn away from God and, and, and the devil starts to come in there wreaking some havoc in our lives. We also start to pity ourselves. Because we know from studying the word that like we just read there. There's nothing, there's no temptation that has come before us that we're not capable of, of handling. Right? There's no test, there's no trial that has come before us that we are not capable of handling. Jesus was sent to this earth to experience what it was like to be a man so that he can show and be the example to say, listen now, I may have been the son of God. And I'm here in man's form. But I was tempted just like everyone else. And I overcame. And this is how I overcame. Right? This is how I overcame the world. So that when we are standing before God, we can't make an excuse as to why we did something that we shouldn't have done. We can't go to God and say, oh, God, you wouldn't understand. You would not understand why I'm de- why I'm going, th- why I went through this. OK, or, or, or why we're on this earth. OK. And we're thinking about a situation that we're in and how we're acting and everything like that. And, and maybe we're upset with God and we're just talking to him and, and, and or yelling at him, which I've heard of some people will do. They'll just yell at God and say, this is your fault and all of those things. OK, and I've known no people that have done that. We can't sit there and tell God, you know, God, this is your fault. This is your fault. You know, I can't handle this. No, it says it right there. In verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation and look at this, 
will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So again, God is saying here that you have what it takes to deal with the situation that you're in. You have what it takes to 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 resist the temptation. You have what it takes to do what the word says, which says resist the devil and he will flee. You have that ability. So you so we cannot say as Christians that we can't get through something because God doesn't understand. He completely understands. And he makes a way for us to escape. If we turn away from him, we also can become scattered, just like Israel did. Wandering in the desert for 40 years because they turned away from them, from God. Okay? They wish that they were back in Egypt because they forgot that just because they were walking with God didn't mean that things were always going to be smooth. Okay? They forgot about that. They forgot that God delivered them out of Egypt. And so they wish that they would, that they forgot that, that God parted the Red Sea for them to walk through when Pharaoh was chasing them. They forgot about all of that. And they, they were scattered and wandering around for 40 years. Okay? For 40 years. So what happens when we actually come back to God? So we've looked at the reasons why people turn away from God. We've looked at why or what happens when we actually turn away from him. Let's take a look at what happens when we turn back to him. Because remember, God has not turned his back on us. He is there waiting for us to come back to him if we've walked away. Turn to Zechariah chapter 1. Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 1. Last few scriptures in closing here. Zechariah chapter chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 1. In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Ido, the prophet, saying, The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Underline all of that. Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds, but they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they returned and said, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and our deeds, so he has dealt with us. Okay, so a few different things there. In verse two, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Okay. And so what's happening here, all right, is that we see God is gets angry if we turn away from him, okay? Because God does not take kindly to sin, right? Sin is what angers God. Sin upsets God. So if we're turning away from him, then we're sinning against him. We're not following his statutes. We're not following the things that he set out before us. We're not following the things that we have learned in our lives as what, what, what is as in terms of what it takes to be a Christian, the things that we've read. OK, the way we've lived our lives that 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 were in alignment with God, we've forgotten all of those things and we turn away from it. And those are the things that make God angry. OK. But what happens when we return to him, God makes himself makes himself available to us again. Now, I said a few minutes ago, right? God doesn't turn his back on us. We turn away from him. So this is not the scripture here is not saying that when we turn from God, that God turns from him, from us. Okay. This simply means that God is there waiting and he's wanting to interact with us. But when we turn away from him, he can't interact with us the way that he wants to. 
He can't have that deep relationship with us. He can't share the deeper things with us because we're, we've got our backs turned to him because we're we're ignoring him and we're, we're going off in, in, in some other direction. And so he can't talk to us. He can't spend time with us because we're not trying to spend some time with him. So if we make the effort to spend time with God, God is going to make the effort of 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 uh, sharing deeper things of him to us because we're showing him, Lord, I do want to spend some time with you. I don't want to forget about you and I haven't forgotten about you. And in the times that I did, Lord, I am sorry for doing that. Help me to to make sure that I manage my time better and to manage my situations better so that I don't forget about you. Okay. And what he says and, and what is shown there in verse four, do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preach, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts, turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me. They did not heed nor hear me. So we see. So again, we were able to hear from God when we're focused on him. So if we've turned away from him and we've said, no, you know, I'm, I'm coming back, Lord, I'm coming back and I'm running. Then that puts us in a situation to be able to hear from God. And it keeps God from being angry with us. Last uh, couple of scriptures here. Turn to Mark uh, chapter four. Mark chapter four. And we're going to go to verse number 10. Mark chapter four. Verse 10. Is that where I want to start? Okay, yeah, this is this is what this was like. Uh, Mark chapter four, verse ten. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. Uh, so this is the parable, um, the parable of the sower that that they were asking questions about. So if you remember, Jesus talked a lot in in terms of parables, and so they were asking uh, what this particular parable meant. Uh, in terms of seeds falling by the wayside or falling on thorns um, or or on good ground. And so now they're asking, well, well, well what does this mean? OK, so uh, verse 10 again. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven, uh, be forgiven them. OK, so underline that part in verse 12 there, seeing that they may uh, see and not perceive and hearing the uh, hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they turn and their sins be forgiven them. So what Jesus is saying here is, well, the reason I speak in parables is because. The parables are not for the unbelievers, if you will. The parables are for the people that are, 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 are following me. Because if you're following me, all right, you understand what I'm saying to you. Those that aren't following me, they can hear what's being said with their physical ears, but they can't hear what's being said with their spiritual ears. They can see what's happening with their physical eyes, but they can't see what's happening with their spiritual eyes. So when we turn ourselves back to God, okay, we can actually have our spiritual eyes and ears open to the things that he's trying to tell us and is trying to show us. Things that are happening in the world start to look differently. Things start to look different. Why? Because we are looking at the world not through man's eyes, but we're looking at the world through God's eyes. Okay, and we're asking God, all right, Lord, I I saw this, but what, what am I really seeing? I heard this. What am I really hearing? Okay. And what I can tell you is the more and more you start to do that, you will start to pick up some things in your spirit before. Before that actually becomes evident in the physical. All right. So what do I mean by that? When you are looking at things with your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears, God will give you insight into a situation 
that most others, if you told them about what you think and what you believe, would look at you like you had three heads because they can't see it. Okay, because they can't see it because their eyes are blinded, their ears are blinded. All right. God will give you some 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 deep insight into a situation. Okay. To the intentions of what of what somebody might be saying. What does the word of God say about uh, about the word of God? How it it, it cuts to um, cuts through the marrow and it, and it reveals the intentions of men. Okay. So if I'm if I'm looking at things through a spiritual lens, then I can start to see. Oh, you know what? This person said the sky is blue. But something in my spirit doesn't seem right about that. I don't believe that's what that individual is saying. And everybody else around you will hear, no, they're just talking about the skies being blue. And in the meantime, in your spirit, it's not resonating because you know something doesn't sound right. And then you can take that to God and you can say, Lord, what am I hearing here? What, what's going, why is this not resonating in my spirit? Why, why am I feeling this way? Okay. Why am I feeling this way? Okay. I think I've shared before a situation when I was in a uh, uh, in a training and this individual was talking about how you can, you know, uh, uh, this is a leadership training. An individual was talking about how you can program a spot on your hand to push it and call up a certain emotion. You know, so if you like driving in traffic and getting road rage, you can program it so you can push this spot on your thumb and you can call up the, the uh, an emotion of, of happiness and peace and joy or something like that. Okay, and, I, and I won't get into it. It's a, it's a really, really, really long story. But the first time when that individual walked into the room and we were about five minutes into this particular, you know, eight hour day, uh, not knowing what he was going to talk about. There was something in my spirit that just didn't feel right. And I didn't know what it was. And at one point, the individual said, some of you might be offended by what I have to say. OK, mind you, we weren't talking about anything. That has to do with, you know, either politics or race or any one of those typical topics that would, you know, bring up some 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 controversy and and and, and people <laughs> to become offended, if you will. And so when he said that, he then looked out the corner of his eye, looked at me and paused. And my spirit started responding right then, right then and there when that happened. And so as the training and stuff went on, um, I, I was kind of said, Lord, what's going on here? What's going on here? What's going on here? And then at one point, he asked everybody to stand up and start engaging in these activities to where we were going to create the, 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 these, these, these spots on our hands to where we can call up these, these, these emotions. OK. Classroom, about 40 people. He was doing this. All right. But my spirit, something wasn't be, something wasn't right from the very beginning in the first five minutes. And I didn't know what it was, but I was kind of checking it. Lord, what's going on? What's going on here? And then as he went on and on and on, I started to see some things. Okay. I started to see some things and I didn't participate in any of those activities because I knew something wasn't right. And then I found that I think it was literally about two or three years later um, uh, um, that the thing that this individual was talking about, uh, he, he, he told a, another Christian friend of mine, that that it's similar to what Christians do, okay, similar to what Christians do when they ask for God's spirit to come to come on them. So if we're praying for a spirit of peace or or for a spirit of uh, abundance or, um, or something like that, he said it was the same thing that Christians do when they do that, but it's not God and left it at that, okay? What does that have to do with this? I was listening with my spiritual ears and I was watching with my spiritual eyes. I was making sure that I was in alignment with God and I was asking God, why am I feeling this in my spirit? Because something just isn't right. And he was able to show me not only in that moment, but then was able to show me later on the deeper issue of what I was hearing in that in, in, in that particular class. Okay. And that has made me just on high alert anytime uh, somebody starts talking about something that sounds like it could be um, related to, to, to dealing with some, some, some demonic activity or, or something like that. All right. So, again, the important thing for us is to just make sure that we're not walking away from God. All right. 
You know, in this time, I do believe that a lot of what's happening in this nation is because um, there, there has been an effort by people in all sorts of leadership positions. All right. All sorts of leadership positions that are actively trying to get God out of the country. I also believe that there are people in some quiet shadows, if you will, people that may not be in leadership positions that are also influencing certain decisions that are made uh, in the various parts of this country to try to keep God out of everything. Okay. And so my prayer for you is that, and for all of us as, as Christians, is that we don't allow ourselves to be in a situation where we turn our backs on God. Amen. Well, I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And let's just close out with a with a prayer. Dear Father God, most awesome and wonderful Lord, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I just want to thank you for your message today. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to remember these words so that when the enemy comes, that we can use these words to defeat him, because we know that it's only your word that will bring the enemy down. I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us and that you open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears so that we may see what's happening in the world around us, that we may see what's going on around us in our lives and in the lives of others so that we can bring all those situations to you and that no matter how small a situation might be that we don't turn our backs on you that we stay on a straight and narrow that we stay with a laser focus on you that we just stay focused going in 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 the direction and that we in the direction that you have set for us and that we have contentment and peace and happiness and joy about going in the direction that you sent us even if the direction isn't in the direction that we want to go, Lord, guide us, strengthen us, continue to lead us, Lord. And we thank you for your for your mercy, Lord. We thank you for the fact that you love us so much that you would never turn your backs on us, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you again for the words that you brought forth today. I want to thank you for all your children, and I pray, Lord, that. You place a hedge of protection around each and every single one of your children, Lord, to keep us safe throughout the days that are coming. These things I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God.